0: Welcome to this episode of the Meet Sandvik podcast. My name is Edward Bergström, and today I am joined by two persons in the studio. First, we have Marianne Grauers, who is the vice president for Engineers Without Borders. Welcome, Marianne. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm also joined by Kina Brundin, who, amongst other things, are responsible for community involvement at Sandvik Group. Welcome to you too, Kina. Thank you. Uh, We are here today to talk a little bit about Engineers Without Borders and the cooperation that Sunvik has with this organization. Marianne, uh, first, could you tell us a little bit about how did you get into working at Engineers Without Borders?
1: I uh, got to know about the organization about, I think, six, seven years ago, and then uh, I immediately felt that I wanted to become a member. So I just became a member. Uh, And after A few years after that, I was in a position that I uh, was changing jobs and was thinking about taking some time off uh, traveling and uh, looking to some travel agencies. I felt like I didn't feel like going on a normal tourist trip. So I contacted Engineers Without Borders and asked, can I be of any use? Uh, And they gave me a mission in Tanzania, but they said, we would like you to to work there for at least six months. Uh, so that's how I ended getting involved a lot in the organization. It ended to be a nine-month in Tanzania at that time.
0: What was it that, uh, that sparked your interest in the organization?
1: Uh, I've, during a long time, felt that I would like to use my engineering uh, profession to improve uh, the world, so to say, for, for people less fortunate uh, than myself. Uh, we live in a rich country. And uh, so my start with the organization was getting involved in the international uh, part of the work. We also work national, uh, which I also feel is very, very important.
0: we we'll come back a little bit to... The international parts of Engineers Without Borders. But if we go back to the beginning, what was it that made you go into the engineering profession?
1: Oh, it, it took some time. Uh, none of my parents are engineers and in my family, very few or almost none were engineers. Uh, it was the interesting school for science. And uh, then I realized that it was an education, which called engineering and that education had all my favorite subjects in school uh, and it sounded interested so that's how it started.
0: (laughs) It's interesting that you bring up engineering because that is really the core of Sandvik as as well. Kinna, can you tell us a little bit why is Engineers Without Borders such a good fit for us at Sandvik?
2: Well our purpose is advancing the world through engineering, and uh, that is well aligned with Engineers Without Borders' purpose that uh, is humanitarian engineering.
0: What are the activities that we do together?
2: Well, uh, we do a lot of local activities in Sweden, uh, working with the groups uh, at the universities and we have been doing lunch lectures, uh, case evenings uh, and other things like that. It's a great opportunity for us to meet students and also a great way for us to cooperate with Engineers Without Borders.
0: Marianne, Mm. uh, could you tell us a little bit about the organization in Sweden? How does it work?
1: Uh, engineers without borders is a it's a member organization. Most we have a very small staff of about four persons. Uh, the rest of us uh, work on a voluntary basis uh, without salary. Uh, so basically, all our work uh, is done by volunteers, and uh, not only engineers, uh, because to carry out good engineering projects, we need different skills also. So so that's. Um, Depending a lot of the engagement of our members, and uh, like myself, many people have during some times of their career, or if you're a student, you have more or less time, so you can engage uh, a lot during a short time or a longer time. We have also the the benefit of having quite a few newly retired engineers who put a lot of work into the organization as they have left their previous jobs. <laughs>
0: is the main focus uh, towards students or towards already working engineers
1: uh, it's focus on both uh, and uh, uh, we we need both to be able to carry out uh, good projects uh, we need the experienced engineers we we need also the students with their uh, the new uh, in, uh, ideas and and uh, uh, energy to to uh, change the engineering society and the world also.
0: Inna, at Sandvik, we encourage our employees to get involved in Engineers Without Borders. Uh, what can you do? How can you get involved?
2: Well, first of all, you can become a member and you can become a member even... If you are not an engineer or have an engineering background or experience, I'm a member myself. Uh, So uh, I encourage all uh, to become members. Uh, You can also, working at Sandvik, you can also be a mentor uh, to the student uh, groups or to other professionals uh, at Engineers Without Borders. Uh, For example, our global graduates have been mentoring uh, the heads of the local groups Uh, the student uh, organizations.
0: How do we at Sandvik get involved in these local organizations?
2: Well, if you become a member, it's quite easy uh, because then you can sort of subscribe to the newsletter and get uh, regular information from the local groups. And then you can decide uh, what activities you want to engage in and participate in. And uh, I for sure know that you will be welcomed with open arms.
0: Kina, you mentioned uh, the case studies or case evenings that we do uh, at Sandvik together with Engineers Without Borders. Could you tell us a bit about that and is there anything specific that, that you remember from these evenings?
2: Well, case evenings are arranged by a local group uh, at this university, Uh, they invite uh, their members, uh, but also others that are interested in meeting us as a company and also meeting engineers without borders. Uh, So one of our colleagues from Sandvik comes there and presents uh, a case, something that is challenging uh, for them. Uh, or for us in our business and then the uh, uh, students or the participants during that evening uh, work on the case for an hour uh, or two.
0: The name of the organisation Engineers Without Borders also tells the story that it is an international organisation. Marianne, uh, how many other countries are part of Engineers Without Borders?
1: Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. There are there are organizations in Engineers Without Borders in many countries, and I think there are coming more uh, also in uh, like in some of the African countries where we have are working. There are starting Engineers Without Borders also. Uh, it's a rather loose international organization, so the different countries uh, are working in somewhat different ways but we cooperate with many other Engineers Without Borders in international projects when it's appropriate.
0: Mm. One project that Engineers Without Borders are working with that I know is close to your heart is the project in Mavuno in Tanzania. Can you tell us about that?
1: Uh, Mavono Project is a big organization, a local organization in the northwestern part of Tanzania, far from any tourists. Uh, we are working with a girls boarding school there, and uh, Sandvik is also involved. Uh, This is a boarding school uh, that's aimed at giving poor girls and also orphan girls without parents uh, an education that they would not get otherwise. Uh, It's a school in a very, very rural area uh, that has been running since 2016. Uh, I have the privilege to live next to the school and work with them uh, during nine months, 2018. And I can assure that girls going to this school, about 50% of them are from very poor families. They would, if they would not be at this school, most likely be married against their will very, very young Uh, have no possibilities for the future more than being as poor as their parents. Uh, For them, education, this is a secondary school where they are 12, 13, 14, where they begin and study today. It's a four-year school. We are together working with Sandvik to extend it to to a six-year school so that the girls are ready for university. It's a high-quality education. They are in national exam ranked as one of the the best one in the district with about a one million inhabitants, and one of the best schools in Tanzania. Uh, the girls are really safe there, uh, and get an excellent education.
0: Ina, you know, you've uh, visited this project twice, actually. What's your impressions?
2: Oh it's it's very impressive uh, and you get really really inspired meeting the girls at the school uh, and I'm really uh, I think it's a good thing that we at Sandvik have the opportunity to support uh, the project and uh, as a woman being able to support uh, girls to, to higher education that's really a privilege Uh, It makes me very happy to see that we can support them in in different ways. And for example, we have been uh, supporting a computer lab uh, at the school uh, with computers, but also with with network uh, and with education. We supported uh, Engineers Without Borders financially, and they sent a team uh, right before the pandemic uh, to go there and build this computer lab.
0: Marianne, how did this project start? Uh,
2: I, I
1: think the, the project started with the Mavuno project, uh, the or- local organization, which is a bottom-up organization. And that I think is very important, that it's not an initiative coming from Engineers Without Borders. It's a local initiative. Uh, and they... They needed cooperation to be able to realize it. And we are one of the organizations supporting this school. And also, uh, the local government are supporting with some money. Uh, And we have a long term uh, discussion with the local government also that uh, in order for Engineers Without Borders to support different projects in this region, we expect that the local community also in with money and and resources, which can be labor work, uh, and uh, in order uh, for the school to be their school, not our school, uh, and it's they should have the ownership and the long term responsibility. We just help to, to engineer and to build the school and they run the school. There is a business uh, model that, that shows that they are capable of running it once they've helped to build it from us.
0: The fact that many of the projects uh, are based on local initiatives uh, and a local feeling of responsibility, why do you think that's important, Marianne?
1: I think it's very important for... for The local community, the people living there for their self-esteem, they should be able to be proud of that they have improved their own situation and can influence the possibility of of their children to get a better uh, living conditions than the parents have now. Um, I can take uh, one example that we are working with the primary schools in very poor villages that don't have water or electricity, and and we have a cooperation then. The local uh, organization and community selects which school is next in line. And then we write an an agreement in in Swahili with the school and the village heads there uh, and agree to together build a rainwater harvesting tank that would supply the school with water for all of the year, Uh, we engineers without borders provide, for example, things that cost money like reinforcement and cement and pay local workers, skilled workers to carry out the work and the village, the parents, maybe the teachers also help uh, with their part, which can be bringing stones and sand and water to the construction site. And then we also agree that it is their product, the rainwater harvesting tank. It belongs to the school, to the village, and they are responsible for for, uh, the maintenance of it. Uh, And that I think is very important. I visited schools that we have cooperated with and that now have a rainwater harvesting tank. And I can see a pride in the parents, the children, and the teachers of the school, because their school have really, really Im- improved the conditions and they feel that they are also responsible. And that is very important. And they are responsible for maintaining it.
2: I could see that uh, mm. for myself uh, <laughs> in in the fall, uh, that the staff at the school presented to us and showed us how mm. they... Maintain, maintenance the system and how they change the filter uh, to be able to uh, give the students and the teachers clean water, and with such pride.
1: And now in that school, I know they have improved results, which means that more children from that poor village will have the possibility to go to secondary school. Some of them hopefully also go into university, and that will improve the situation for the
0: families. Sandvik is often following the same approach with uh, the local initiative being first in other community involvement projects around the world. Gina, would you agree with Marianne that the local first is important?
2: Absolutely. Uh, and we as a company, uh, where we are established and having operations, we do support local initiatives, uh, local organizations mm-hmm. and to make a difference uh, where we are uh, and where we operate uh, f- both for for the community but also for for our employees and uh, that live and work in that uh, in that community
0: would you say that's a way to also build the retention rate within the company
2: yeah uh, uh, yeah i do think so uh, yeah it's uh, it feels good to be part of uh, of a company that uh, can bring good to the society
0: back to back to Mavuno um, Kina for someone that hasn't been there how would you describe the area the school the travel there for example?
2: Uh, as Marianne just mentioned it's a really rural area uh, so uh, everywhere it's dirt roads uh, and it's a it's a beautiful landscape but you can do you can see that it's uh, it's suffering from time to time, and that um, both the the area and the people uh, struggle. Uh, they are poor, uh, but. The work that Mavuno uh, is doing is very impressive. Uh, They work with uh, education uh, within farming and they work and support infrastructure, uh, sanitation and schools, Uh, not only the boarding school, but also uh, primary schools uh, in different ways. It's really uh, good to see uh, the engagement uh, with with the entire staff uh, and also the commitment uh, among the girls uh, that they do really work hard uh, to uh, to learn uh, and to understand uh, and not only, Uh, what's settled in the curriculum, uh, but also other things uh, to know about uh, the world outside of uh, Tanzania. uh, And they also get a chance to practice uh, uh, a little bit of uh, home chores uh, that they they can do. uh, And that's a way for uh, for them actually to practice uh, cleaning and laundry and things like that. that uh, they would not be able to do, uh, probably if they uh, would go anywhere else.
0: How many would you say many of the children are actually attending school? Uh,
1: I don't know a number, but I know that, and I can see when I'm there, that there are a lot of children that don't go to school, to primary school. Uh, Let's say from age 6 till 12, 13, 14, 15, depending on how many years they need to fulfill the primary school. Many can't go because they need to help at home. Uh, and many of the adults, you can meet 20-year-old people, 30-year-old people who never went to school. So, so uh, uh, the poverty also takes away education for, for many, many children.
0: You mentioned earlier, Marianne, that uh, the school now is preparing the girls to go to university. What are the opp- opportunities for them after they the finish school here? Uh,
1: the school now, the school is year one to four in secondary school. They need the fifth and sixth year to be university ready. We are now together uh, with many donors and Sandviks also building, extending it to to year six. If they finish the sixth year of secondary school with very good grades, they can get a government loan for university studies. Uh, I think they would need a little extra money, but I mean really a little. And I'm, I think Mavono Project would somewhat help them with that. So if they study and get very good academic results, they can get admitted at university. And this school has excellent academic results. Uh, so, so many of the girls uh, will have the opportunity and I, I checked with the school one time uh, and because I had the thought, I, I can see that the girls that I know come from very poor com- families, they study extremely hard. They are so motivated. They don't want to do anything more than study. They get up five in the morning and go, go to bed 10, 11 at night and, and study basically all the time. Um, and and they, they confirm that if you look, if you know, the girls don't know themselves who, who has paying family and not paying family, uh, those from very poor conditions have... Uh, more struggle in the beginning because they come from a very very basic primary school and are not well prepared. But after, like, say, six months or something, they are uh, they are almost ahead. They are have the better results than those who have come from families who pay for their education.
0: Okay. <laughs> Sandvik has helped to set up uh, computer labs at uh, the mavuno school. Uh, but how does it work with the electricity? Electricity supply and the uh, internet connection?
2: Uh, Of course, that can be a challenge. But uh, when I was there uh, this uh, fall, uh, we saw solar panels. uh, Mm -hmm. And that is, of course, important to support the uh, electricity uh, supply in total at the school. Uh, So uh, I think it works quite well. Uh, We did have a Wi-Fi and could communicate with you back at the office in Sweden, Uh, but we could also see that the girls were uh, were on the internet and uh, uh, doing uh, schoolwork. But I know that Marianne can can support me in in answering this.
1: Yes, a little bit. Uh, Solar power of course it's the main and reliable source and engineers without borders has worked with with this mavuno girls secondary school the boarding school and supplying them with battery capacity and solar power uh, solar panels so um, the sun shines basically every day and that's enough to load the batteries and during the day uh, except for the computer room they need near to no electricity. You don't need any light in the classrooms or anything like that. So they need uh, only limited electricity for for studying in the evening and computer rooms, and that's uh, basically supplied by the solar panels. They are connected to, to a government public electricity system, but that's very unreliable and very expensive. Uh, Wi-Fi and so it's uh, it's satellite collection and I know it's uh, uh, it's quite expensive. When I was there in lived there in two thousand eighteen, it was not as good as they have today.
0: Marianne, uh, apart from the Mavuna project, uh, what are other international projects within Engineers Without Borders that are possible to get engaged with?
1: We have quite a lot of projects. Uh, One big one we are working with is Build Up Nepal. In Nepal, of course, uh, rebuilding and and encouraging uh, entrepreneurship in in, uh, poor areas in Nepal that suffered a lot from the earthquake in 2015. Uh, A new type of of building materials that can, can be used to build houses that are earthquake safe and also create local jobs. Uh, we have projects in, in many other, quite a lot of African countries like Uganda. We've had in, in, in having Cameroon and Kenya and, and other countries. So, so if you have an interest for international projects and get involved, let us know what is, and we will see what's ongoing right now. And it also depends on the competence we need. We sometimes have ideas and partners and we need a certain competence in order to start uh, a project from uh, an engineering competence. So so when we get that, we can start.
0: Kina, from a Sandvik point of view, how do you see our cooperation with Engineers Without Borders developing in the coming years?
2: I think since uh, we started the cooperation uh, five years ago, I think that we have come a long way. Uh, Engineers Without Borders is now a much more professional organization, uh, and we are really looking forward to doing more international projects together. Uh, I also think that there's a great opportunity for Uh, for our colleagues uh, at Sandvik to become members. Uh, And I would love to see more members uh, among uh, our colleagues uh, and also to get get the opportunity to engage both domestically uh, or international.
0: This has been a really interesting conversation, Kina and Marianne. Thank you so much. Uh, And it would be nice to be able to say thank you in Swahili. Marianne, I know that you actually know that
1: asante is the word for thank you and if you want to say thank you very much you say asante
0: sana there we go kina and marianne asante sana
2: karibu thank you
0: and thank you to all of you who have been listening to this episode of the meet sandvik podcast if you're interested in learning more about the community involvement work that Sandvik is doing together with Engineers Without Borders and with our other corporations, please visit our website, home.sandvik slash stories. There you can find a newly shot video from the Mavuno project where you can see more information about the sanitation project, the computers uh, labs, etc. So please check that out. Look forward to meeting you again in the next episode of the Meet Sandvik podcast. Thank you and goodbye.